the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Uh, if this is the first time you heard the show, welcome aboard. If you've listened to the show before, you know the show is in a couple of parts. Part of the show we talk about estate planning and elder law, and we're going to do a good part of that today because the last few weeks we've been doing interviews and so forth, and you know we're going to get back to the basics right now about estate planning. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes that we need to pay legally avoiding going through court, avoiding probate. In today's world, it's very important to avoid probate. And as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. Uh, and, you know, as you know, usually in the last few weeks or so, we have one of the attorneys at our office who asked some questions that have been popping up, and we have Eugene Krivelitz today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so what questions been... A lot of clients uh, ask, when they leave an inheritance to their children, how do they make sure that their children's spouses don't get anything? Yeah, and that's probably, I, I would dare say that's probably a third to half the people are worried about that. And, of course, there are two parts to that. One, you know, 90 95% of the people in their wills or their trusts say that, you know, I leave the house to my son and my daughter. If my son dies before me or maybe even before the house is sold, his share goes to his children, not his spouse. That's very common. That's the way most people do that. And that's one of the reasons to, if you have real estate, to do a trust rather than make a straight deed to your children. Some people say, well, you know, isn't it simpler just to give the house to my son? I'll put my son's name on the deed. He can sell the house after I'm gone. I'll keep a life estate on the deed. Yeah, but then if something happens to your son, his share of the house goes to his wife, your daughter-in-law, which you may or may not be happy about that, and you certainly may not be happy about it if after he's gone, she gets remarried in a couple of years, and part of your house may go to an absolute stranger, somebody you don't even know today. So that's one thing. Now, the second part, can you control things from the grave? 
and you can, but you got to be careful what you ask for. We can we we can put you know assets in a trust. Somebody else would have to manage it, where your daughter or son, on the circumstances, can make withdrawals from the trust. But whatever's left in it after you're gone will go to your grandchildren. But then you're kind of saying to your children, "I really don't trust you to manage things," and you know, putting a lot of restrictions on it. And how would you feel? When if your mother died years ago and she left you the asset and said, well, I don't want you to share it with your husband. So that means you can't buy a house together in Florida, retirement house, things like that. Yes, you can put restrictions. I don't, I, I don't seriously recommend it unless there's a real serious problem, maybe a second marriage among your children where you really, really don't trust uh, the wife and she's not the mother of your grandchildren. Um, and we can certainly talk about if that situation rises up. Nobody wants to leave something ordinarily to an in-law. And, and you know, even from, you know, and then some people say, well, they're married 30 years. Shouldn't I leave it to it? Well, if you want to leave it to it, you can. But 95% of the people who do their planning, they leave it to their children. If something happens to their children before them, then they leave the respective shares to the grandchildren, if any, if they don't have grandchildren, to the other brothers and sisters that are in the family. And there's no one right answer for everybody. You know, that's why if you want to come in, we'll talk it over. And you make your plans from then. And if you want to schedule an appointment, you can schedule an appointment at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Manhattan. We don't charge for the initial consultation. The initial consultation is free on anything that we're talking about estate planning. There's no one right answer for everybody. Some of you out there, you got children you trust. Some of you don't have children. Some of you have maybe millions of dollars worth of assets and you want to avoid probate and save on taxes. Some of you may have $50,000 in the bank. You may want to save from nursing home. If you're any of those examples, you know, give us a call. We'll be more than glad to talk to you. Phone number is 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Again, back, Eugene, getting back now. Tell the audience something about your background. Where'd you go to school? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Belarus. Uh, it's Belarus is to the west of Russia. I moved to. I was 11 years old. I have resided in New York since I came here in 2001. And where'd you go to law school? I uh, went to law school to New York University. Okay. And what other legal jobs have you had before you came to Connors and Sullivan? Upon graduating law school, I worked uh, as a landlord-tenant attorney. I also did uh, guardianships. Then I went on to work at the Staten Island District Attorney's Office for two years. And then I started with this firm. Okay. Now, uh, I know you're not practicing this today, but what are some of the problems that some landlords have in getting rid of their tenants in today's COVID world? Well, it was difficult before COVID. The courts were backed up even you know, before 2020. It would take sometimes years to get tenants out. It's extremely difficult if you have, uh, let's say, quote-unquote, normal tenant. If a tenant has a disability, has young children, or does not have capacity, that complicates the eviction process even further. Um, now with COVID... I understand there's additional requirements before a proceeding could be commenced. We have courts that are bogged down as is. Um, I would imagine that it's it's very, very difficult to get into court. 
to get an eviction, a judgment, a possessory judgment against the tenant, and it's hard even after that to get a marshal to get the tenant out of the apartment. Yeah, so in other words, like some people think they're under the impression, well, my tenant doesn't have a lease. It's not going to be that hard to get rid of him when I sell the house. That is absolutely not true. Anybody that stays at a property for longer than 30 days, they establish tenancy rights. So if a person stays at the property for 30 days with or without a lease, you have to go through the housing court and to do a proper proceeding to have that person legally evicted. And again, without a lease, that does not shorten the time frame. It could still be over a year to, to get a judgment, to have the marshal actually take the person out of the property. And from what I understand, a lot of times the tenant doesn't even pay the, the rent for that year and they get away with it. Well, one of the things that's required when you commence an eviction proceeding, if, if the cause of the eviction is that the tenant does not have a lease, you have to start what's called a holdover proceeding. When you commence a holdover proceeding, you're not allowed to collect rent at that point. Because if you do collect rent and you're trying to evict the tenant, you do establish what's called a landlord-tenant relationship. So from the moment that you commence an eviction proceeding, you are not to collect rent until you evict that person. And even then, if you have a judgment, a money judgment against that tenant for occupying the property until he was evicted, it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to collect on that judgment in court. Right, because the type of people that don't pay their rent usually don't have assets, as you can see, in the judgment. Exactly. Are you going to say something? Well, you know, a lot of, we're talking about landlord tenants, and a lot of times people think, oh, the landlords are awful. But we know a lot of these people, you know, they, you know, they have fam, uh, they've owned property, but they live in it. It's their home, and they may rent, you know, to a couple of people. They have mortgages, they have bills. Do they, they can't get relief, right? Well, it's very hard. We go, you go through the same procedures. doesn't matter if it's a one-family house. Of course, if you have multiple dwelling, they may even have more protections. But Yes, it, it does not help the situation. I think the, the way our system is uh, set up, uh, it's almost uh, established to protect the tenant. It's very dis- uh, There's a disadvantage to being the landlord. I, I, from my experience in housing court, the vast majority of landlords that come to court are small um, landlords that have maybe a two-family home, and they use the rental income that they receive to pay the carrying costs for the home, but the court makes no exception uh, to those kind of landlords versus a landlord that, let's say, has 100 apartments. Yeah, and and you know, there's some ridiculous cases out there. All I'm trying to, all we're trying to say, because I talk to clients all the time, they got a two-family house, and they say, well, I can sell the house anytime because my tenant doesn't have a lease, and you know, it's not as easy as just changing the locks on the the door you can't do that you'll get sued for you know wrongful eviction right illegal lockout and punitive damages if if you try to do that that's another reason um that our firm recommends doing a trust if if a person dies without a will and nobody has authority over the property you could have a tenant residing there for for years until an executor or if if administration is required the person gets into court and gets authority over that real property yeah, and you know, and sometimes we had one case I think a, a year and a half, two years ago, where a person died with a will, and the tenant wasn't paying rent, and 
between going through probate, which took about two years, you couldn't really start an eviction proceeding because in, in that particular section of the surrogate's court, they weren't signing any orders for 18 months. So you couldn't even get a court order to start an eviction proceeding, let alone do one. So if you have a trust, at least you can start the day after the person passes away. If your parents put a property in a trust, and the pa- assuming the parent passes away, the child at least can start an eviction proceeding right away. Are you, you still have problems? Yes, but at least you're not exacerbating the problem being having to wait another, you know, two, three years to even start getting in the, in, in the ball game, so to speak. Um, now changing the, the subject entirely, Beth, I was listening to Joe Piscopo this morning. Oh my goodness. And he said Don't that on September 14th, you were going to do it. He was going to do a duet with you or you agreed to do a duet with him. I've, I've been trapped. I've been trapped. I, Everybody, if you you haven't seen me maybe on the radio, but I'm not young. I retired from singing in 1980, and we had a wonderful dinner with um, Joe and the people people from the radio station, and Mike and I were there, and it was just wonderful. And um and Joe, on you know, he's got another show that's on um, ABC on a Sunday night, and it's Sinatra. But he plays all this l- wonderful old music. And he was talking about playing a Fred Waring album. Um, and it was with Fred Waring, of course. I, that, I sang with Mr. Waring years ago. So Fred Waring and then um, Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra. And they would record albums that would be patriotic albums. And then that would be albums about faith. And, you know, just how wonderful um, life can be. Well, oh my goodness. He started, there is a beautiful song on one of them. Um, Let us break bread together on our knees. And and he started that. And, I, and, he, and you know, I said, oh, that, you know, Mr. Waring was a very faithful por- person. And that was a song that he, you know, that he liked very much. Because, you know, there's some music that not everybody can sing because it's just too hard. But this is a, it's a beautiful melody and everyone can sing it. You know, if you're in the congregation or anywhere, anyone can sing this beautiful song, and that's how it got go- going. And then all of a sudden, I f- I hear I'm supposed to be singing. I'm nervous about singing. I'm too old. All right. Well, you're younger than Joe, so oh I don't goodness. think that's a good. Joe's excuse. been singing. He still has his chops. All right. Now changing the subject again slightly, Michael. If somebody has a question that you want to ask have answered on the show what's our email address for that question if you want to reach us with an email question you want to go to askmikeconnors at gmail.com that's askmikeconnors at gmail.com connors of, sp- of course spelled c-o-n-n-o-r-s a lot of people mistake it for e-r-s it's c-o-n-n-o-r-s all right so uh oh one of them no we're very sad to learn that clue Gulliger passed away no one had of the our biggest guests crush on him. You know, and he was so nice. If y'all heard it, can we play his? Would that be next okay? week? Next okay. week we will. Okay, because we had a very long so interview with him. And what was his last movie? Um, the Quentin Tarantino movie "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood," but it's a very short cameo. He was ninety. Well, he's, he's the bookstore owner who sells her the books. 
No, so anyway, we'll have to play that because really, I it, and he's it's, just it's a Margot nice Robbie guy. Robbie playing. Um, what's her name? Jones. Sharon Tate. Sharon oh, Tate. Okay. And okay. so it's it's Quentin Tarantino's alternate history where it doesn't happen because someone's able to intervene in the, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, I hate I hate to a, say once it. upon a time. Yeah, but uh, but I hate to say it, but it it does fall into the category of good guy with a gun. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I don't know. Well, okay. Well, I think we're time. We're coming pretty close to the time for our first break. You're listening to the Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife Beth. Yep, I'm here. Eugene Krevelitz, also here, and my son Michael. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, tax, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. 
uh, we changed gears or seats around a little bit. Now, Beth is still here. Yeah, I'm here. My son Michael's still here. Hello, everyone. But Eugene Krivlitz left, and Sean Stamler took his place. Sean, Hi. welcome to the show. This is the Hooray. first time you're on the show, right? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, don't okay. be too nervous. Okay. Uh, where, where'd you grow up? Just tell the, the audience something about yourself. All right. Um, I grew up in a small town called Hillsboro in New Jersey, and uh, I, I guess I went to school up in Ryder University, which is another you know, school, small town area, and graduated there. 2013, no, uh, 2017, and then I, I went to uh, Toro Law School in Long Island, and I've been out here ever since with a brief brief trip to Florida for about a year. And oh, came back where home. in Florida did you spend your time? Uh, Hollandale Beach. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. All right, so you somebody, I guess, gave you a question that we got from the internet or whatever, one of the... All right, so the question says, good evening. I met with a client recently when we were speaking on the phone. Getting update for the EP docs, she asked the question below. I'm not sure if it's a good one, but for the radio, okay. I will... Okay, you know what that... Anyways, background. The client comes in, has three children, all are under five. She is list listing her partner as a trustee in a potential minor minor's trust that needs to be created for them. Her question is, is there a way to make make it so that the partner trustee can change the age at which the children inherit, such as if they are not mature enough, she can hold onto it longer? Yeah, well, I would I would do it from the reverse point of view. In other words, put a higher age down there from when it has to be released to the minors. So, in other words, put like whatever age you think is your upper age, thirty five, forty, whatever. And then give the trustee the discretion to distribute the money earlier. I know that's not quite the way it, it comes out, but it would be a lot easier. Like if you say the trustee can hold the money till the child is 35, well, there's no lawsuit there if the trustee holds the money till the child is 35. But at the same time, you say, according to my trustee's discretion, and the child, let's say you put 25, but the trustee can hold it according to his or her discretion. That might start a lawsuit, you know, 27, 28, why don't I have the money? If it says 35, they can't really start a lawsuit before 35, but the trustee can always um, distribute the money earlier according to the trustee's discretion. So, you know, sometimes that's one of the things you got to think about when you're doing estate planning. You don't always look at it necessarily from just one angle. You look at it from different angles. And how can we accomplish the, the, the same result? And that's how, how I would do it, you know, in this particular case um sean you know going back a little bit to your background now you said your family part of your family is originally from odessa yeah that's odessa ukraine yeah yeah all right so what languages do you speak do you speak russian i speak russian i don't speak ukrainian and you know for the longest time most of my family was you know pro-russia pro-putin but he kind of screwed that up <laughs> he invaded a country and we didn't we well it was just disapproved. such a, a horrible yeah you know what what i mean it yeah. caught everybody off guard yeah i mean in my dad's words you know he was being such a smart dictator setting up all these puppet states <laughs> <laughs> and then he just went ahead and pissed off the entire world community <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i mean like my thought was that putin had a point you know there there was uh, a fair amount of russians or russian-speaking people in ukraine especially in the crimea I don't think that Ukraine should take back the Crimea in this war. 
if that's what President Zelensky is considering, um, it would be you know a nightmare for Ukraine. There would be rebels everywhere. But um, as for the rest of it, you know, like the city of Odessa itself is like 70% Russian speaking. Uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's the Ukrainian people's choice to join NATO, to, you know, become a democracy, to not be under the yoke of a Russian tyranny. So to yeah. what extent do you think that globalism may have provoked bad actors on both sides? I mean, you know, I don't think NATO is to blame. They were just kind of there. Right. right. But, no, no, not NATO, not yeah. NATO. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's the the general ideological, you know, this is the end of nationalism trend that had been happening internationally that, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not I'm not rationalizing anything that Putin has done by any means. He's a bad actor by almost every account. But the fact of the matter is, when you look into the root causes of all of this, you know, you have someone who was insecure to begin with after the fall of the Soviet Union who is prodded, essentially, into nation-states being obsolete. All right, so here's the situation with Putin and how he runs the country. He runs it basically like an oil company, right? So every time the price of oil, I believe, rises, he'll do something you know, like that, like invade Ukraine or do something to protect his satellite states. And if it dips, no, wait, it's the other way around. If it dips, he'll do something to protect his puppet states. And if it rises... You know, he'll he'll be more friendly, you know, he'll try to, you know, build, make make amends. So he's kind of like a market player, you know. Mm -hmm. he, he's not really acting in the sense that um you know, he's he's looking to expand and take territory. He's looking to uh secure his markets. So launching off of that, essentially yeah. the most irresponsible thing that America can possibly do is to be energy dependent on foreign nations. Hell yeah. I mean, we were energy dependent under Trump. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, yeah. that's not good for the environment, apparently. So, But yeah. it, the problem is that's not even true. I mean, energy energy independence under yeah. Trump. Yeah, yeah. no, but yeah. the problem is that's not even, it's not even true that that's not good for the environment because we do it in the cleanest way of any yeah. Yeah, first because, world nation. Yeah, because we have actual standards in countries right. like Russia, countries like Venezuela, you know, um, Saudi Arabia, they just want to extract the oil any way they can, and we do it clean and efficient. And people seem to forget that the Gulf states still use slave labor. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that is also another problem. All right, mm -hmm. I think we're going to take a short break. Sean, can you hang around for the next segment? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, you're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. 
Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. You know, still accompanied by my wife, Beth. Yes, I'm still here. Sean, Sean Stamler. Hi. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Now, Sean, you're going over some of the email questions. Can you get the next question that we're going to discuss? Yes. Um, what makes up a person's estate? Okay. So, you know, and, and that is a good question because um, there are different definitions of estate. One is taxable estate. And, and taxable estate is you add up everything you own, add it up, give it a value. And whether you own it directly, indirectly, joint tenants, whatever, you add it all up. And if it's taxable, you pay a tax. And if you're under that amount, you don't pay a tax. And, and you know, like some people think, like in New York State right now, we have a $6,060,000 uh, limit. If you're under $6,060,000 and you're single, there's no tax between husband and wife. Um, but if you're $6,060,000 and single, if you have more than that, you pay a tax. For example, if you have a $7 million estate, you pay in New York State right now a $700,000 tax, which is confiscatory. Uh, outrageous, criminal, but that's what the law is right now. So, uh, I mean, that's part of the estate planning. If we have a taxable estate, which is everything, because some people think, well, if I have a joint account with my son, that's not taxable. If I have an insurance policy with my daughter's beneficiary, that's not taxable. Um, you have, uh, you know, items, things, paintings. Now, I know people get away with not reporting them, but at the same time, they are in theory taxable. If you have assets overseas, you know, if it's bank accounts, they are taxable to your estate. And as far as the IRS is concerned, if you owe um, assets overseas, they're part of your estate, assuming you're a U.S. citizen. 
So um, everything is part of your, your taxable estate. Now, an, another definition of estate is what is your probate estate? And basically, your probate estate are those assets that are in your name alone when you pass away, where they do not have a beneficiary, do not have a joint account holder, they're not in a trust. So if, if there's not another name on the account, directly or indirectly, like a trust, then that asset has to go through court, it has to go through probate. Right now, we're still in a COVID world. Right now, there's still pretty much delays because of, of COVID, and it takes a long time to get through probate. Now, some courts are better than others, and there's no question about it. But um, you still don't want to go through probate. And who knows whether we're going to get another COVID outbreak, whether there's going to be another emergency or not, where the court system is virtually you know, closed down. So you know, I, I, I gave this example. There was one judge in Brooklyn who didn't sign a single court order for 18 months. So let's say you had a house. The house is in your name alone. When you pass away, children use the will to transfer the house. Um, they have to wait for a court order to sell the house. And like I said, there was one particular judge who didn't sign a court order in 18 months. So you could have a buyer for the house, mortgage on the house. You're paying the mortgage. You want to go to closing. You may not get a court order to sell that house for 18 months. And, and that just happened. And yeah, the new judge is doing a lot better, but the new judge is still backlogged from that 18-month delay and is new with the job. So obviously she, she's doing a better job and everything, but um, there's still going to be a backlog and, and things are not going to go that quickly. And you know, like even you say, well, I got a good judge in the, in the county that I'm in, and that's very possible, but maybe there's going to be a primary in a few years, and who knows who's going to be elected and what's going to happen. So, you know, crazy things happen in primaries in New York City. You never know who's going to get elected. And people really won't know. If there's a, a primary for surrogates court in certain counties, I would bet 75% of the voters don't even know the primary is there. Y'all all know I'm um, from Texas. But um, three, four years ago, there was a, an election in Houston, Texas, I don't, I have a, a cousin down there who is an attorney and he's very progressive. Um, but whatever happened, all of the judges basically in Houston were voted out and all these new judges come in, came in. And my cousin is beside himself because nobody knows what they're doing and it's a huge mess. So, Sometimes it's nice to have some people who know their know their business, know their job. So, yes, those primaries can be devastating. And getting back, well, what do you do to avoid probate? You make up a plan so that when you pass away, there are no assets in your name alone when you pass away. So if you have a bank account, you put it in trust for, joint with someone. If um, you have an IRA, 401K, you make sure you have beneficiaries. And, of course, while you're doing it, make sure the beneficiaries aren't under the age of 18 because then it's going to be tied up. And not only that, let's say you have a policy, you have your son as beneficiary, and the alternate and the alternate beneficiary is your 10-year-old granddaughter. Your son dies first, and then you have your 10-year-old granddaughter's beneficiary. That asset is going to be tied up until that child is 18. And in the worst-case scenario, the child gets that asset on their 18th birthday. And let's say it could be a million-dollar policy. Um, so do you want an 18 year old to get a million dollars? Ordinarily not. So you would want to trust as a beneficiary if let's say you have a 
a minor child and that child's under a certain age. And you choose the age when you do a trust. And this is getting to be a problem right now because I'm seeing people, they're doing beneficiaries online and nobody's asking the question. You know, like you just fill out a questionnaire form, alternate beneficiary, you fill it in online, you put it in, and there's not the insurance agent that we used to have in the in the past. You can say, well, how old is this? How old is your grandchild? Ten years old. Well, maybe you shouldn't have your grandchild as beneficiary. And even back then, believe me, it happened. But you know, good planning takes a little bit of thought. You know, it's not rocket science as we say here. But at the same time, you need a little bit of thought going behind these decisions. You know, we had that in September 11th. Well, we haven't. You know, people that died without a will on September 11th that had 10-year-old children, whatever, and those assets have been administered by the court until the child turns 18, and then they get the settlement at 18, and uh, do you want a, a million dollars going to a 18, 19-year-old? Ordinarily, no. So that's where a trust comes into play. The assets can be held by someone else until the child is whatever age you choose. I mean, we talked earlier, you could have it at 35, you could have it at 40, you can have it at 50 if you want. Um, there may be some negative tax consequences if you have it over 35, but that's really only for the very wealthy. Um, one more thing. Your things, your assets, um, your personal belongings, should you have a list of those? How do, how do you work that? I know earlier you said paintings or whatever, but um, just jewelry, a woman, her jewelry, collections, collectibles? Well, ordinarily, you don't need to... The collectibles don't have to go through court because there's nobody to turn it over. Now, should you have a list? It depends. If there's going to be a fight in the family, yes, you'd have a list. If you have a will saying it goes equally among my children and equal shares, yeah, maybe some people, they do a list and they specify what uh, item goes where. That's not necessarily legally binding, but if you leave it to your executor and your executor follows the list and you say substantially equal shares, there are different ways to do that. But jewelry is not a problem going through probate. Painting is not a problem going through probate. The problem is sometimes is because there's not, and, and this is contrary to some of what I said, people can steal paintings, people can steal jewelry, and there's not a chain of title because it didn't necessarily go through probate. And that's one of the problems we have today. You know, But th there's no quick solution. Yes, you can put a painting jewelry in a trust, list it in the trust. But still, that doesn't stop somebody from walking into the house or apartment, taking the painting, taking the jewelry, and where is it? And I mean, there, there are lawsuits all the time between jewelry left in a house, and judges, for the most part, just want, don't want to hear it because nobody can prove what the jewelry was worth. Very rarely can you prove the jewelry was there. And, you know, like if, if somebody dies in their house and jewelry disappears, who took it? Could it, it could have been the home attendant, could have been uh, any one of the children, grandchildren, could have been somebody who came into the house, you know, at the time of death. A lot of times, you know, somebody passed away in the house. Sometimes you may have a dozen people coming through the house. And, and you know, there are, some of those people are very adept at sizing up a situation and figuring when they can get away with things. And, and maybe that sounds cynical for me to say that, but it is true. You know, somebody dies in an apartment, in a house, you know, the EMS offices come in, the maybe the fire department, maybe the cops, um, you know, maybe the super's in there. Uh, just 
it's hard to keep track and even some of the children might be floating around and assets disappear all the time when somebody passes away and even if there's an apartment the police put a seal on the apartment well that's an open um open signal that nobody's living in the apartment you can go in there and ransack it um so personal items are always a problem but at the same time if you own a house we usually want the house in a trust which means you deed the house to the trust. This way, after you're gone, your heirs get the house, usually tax-free if we stay under $6 million. And if we're over $6 million, we've got to get a plan to get under $6 million. And here's one of the main things. If we got a husband and wife, New York State, husband can leave $6 million, wife can leave $6 million tax-free. So we figure out some kind of plan. Let's say that the simplest phrasing of it might be husband has a trust with $6 million where the trust assets go to support the wife while she's alive and then goes to the children, vice versa, and we can get $12 million out tax-free instead of just six. And remember what I said. If you have a $7 million estate in New York, the children pay $700,000 in taxes. So we need to do some planning. And and, and this is why some people move to Florida. Um, if you have a $7 million estate and you're single and you live in Florida, there's absolutely no tax. And let's say for the sake of argument, even New Jersey, if you leave assets to your children, there's no tax. So let's say you have somebody in Staten Island on the, you know, Gothels Bridge, near the Gothels Bridge, and they live in Staten Island. They move across the Gothels Bridge into Elizabeth, New Jersey. They have a $10 million estate. They're saving the kids about a million dollars to move three miles, four miles. So, you know, again... If you have more than $6 million or close to $6 million, because assets have a tendency to go up in value, and a lot of times you say, well, I paid $300,000 for my house. It's not worth more than five hundred dollars now, and it's worth eight hundred dollars or nine hundred. And sometimes people don't realize what part of their taxable estate is because everything is part of your taxable estate. Um, you have an insurance policy. It's part of your taxable estate. If you can give away your insurance policy to a trust, and it's not a tax part of your taxable estate if you live three years. But that's one of the things we might try. Again, if you have assets you can give away, maybe you give them away. But you do not want to die a New York resident single with a $7 million estate because you're paying $700,000 in taxes. Not that you're paying it, your children are paying it. And the idea of estate planning, you're usually not doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your children. In any event, you want to give us a call to schedule an appointment to discuss your estate planning questions. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and Manhattan. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be wrapping up the show. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. 
now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Again, welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, still accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hi, everybody. My son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Okay, so, Michael, you know, we had a, we answered a number of questions from the email today. Where does somebody email us a question? You're going to want to send any emails you want to send us to Ask Mike Connors. Connors, of course, spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S, not E-R-S, as many mistake it. AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. Okay, and again, if somebody, you know, we're going to be doing seminars the week of October 24th. The We're, we're getting one or two glitches on the places where we're going to have the seminars. So we're not sure exactly what day we're having where. But we are going to do seminars in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and Manhattan. So the week of the 24th, October 24th or whatever. Um, usually don't like to have seminars in, in the summer. So wait till after the summer. On October 24th, we'll be doing seminars in Manhattan, Queens, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. Of course, we always got to do it in Brooklyn, our home base here. Um, and when we do the seminars, you know, the main part is what do I do with my house? And, and that's what I think most people have a concern about they don't want to lose their house to nursing home bills. And, of course, a lot of other people are, are concerned about taxes. And it's relatively easy to leave your house tax-free to your children, but you got to do it the right way. If you do it the wrong way, they may be paying – you may save on estate taxes. You think, may cost you in capital gains taxes. And I, I've, I've seen people literally put plans together where they saved $50,000 on estate taxes, but – lost $300,000 in capital gains taxes. So if we're putting a plan together for you, we want to put a plan together that costs your children the least amount possible. We want to eliminate taxes entirely. That's our goal. And if we can't eliminate taxes entirely because you got $15, 16000000 million and you're 90 years old, 
we want to still limit them to the to lowest amount possible that we need to pay. And and if you want to do that, give us a call at, at Connors and Sullivan. And meanwhile, if you can't wait for October for a seminar, what do we do, Michael? If you can't, if you're not going to be able to make the seminar, or if you you know just need to find out things ahead of time, what you want to go is you want to go to YouTube.com and enter into the search bar Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar. You're going to see Dad right there, and he's going to. It'll be a you know it's a long it's a long seminar. It's a long video. And just watch that, and you're probably going to pick up any details that you need to know when it comes to estate planning and elder law. And once you're done with that, I imagine that the natural result will be that you probably want to come in for a consultation. And remember, your first consultation is free. But, in, yeah, so that's that can be your starting point if this is the first time you've heard of us. And remember, though, if you do get the, the seminar... If you watch it online or whatever, it might be slightly out of date. It was done a year and change ago. Some of the tax numbers may be slightly out of date, but still, if you have a question, we can put you back into the, you know, the swing of things just by answering one or two questions. Also, if you want to see our toy soldier collection, at least a small part of it, where do you check that one out? That's YouTube, I guess. Toy soldier collection. Yeah, I think Michael does Connors it. toy soldier collection. That's if you Google that, you're going to find that as your first result as well. It was done by, which news channel did it? WCBS News. WCBS News did a wonderful short interview with Dad talking about his collections. And I mean, collections are more than just, you know, grabbing things because you like them. It's, each one tells a story. Each diorama gives a part of history. Each, you know, it's it's not... It's not a vanity thing. So much of so much art just ends up being vanity and nonsense. But to collect historical miniatures or, you know, just to engage in the storytelling of the past, the future, whatever it may be. It's, it's a love so much of history. More. Yeah. Just an absolute so love of more. history. Yeah. And we have so many so many different tableaus. You've got to come see them. Right, even you though Beth criticizes me all the time for... You have no idea how many toy soldiers he has. So, look... Military miniatures. Toy soldiers, but that's okay. That's okay. They're everywhere, Michael. And if you like science fiction or <laughs> fantasy... Dinosaurs. I, or dinosaurs, <laughs> um, that we've also got that because that's those are my hobbies. So it's whether a it be, family thing. Whether, whether it be Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Bring dinosaurs... Your children. That that would be that would fall into my category. But, <laughs> but if you want a tour, you got to call in advance and ask for a tour. That's right. You know, that's the Bay Ridge. That's the Brooklyn that we're not office. Too busy. <laughs> All right, yeah. now and now okay. we have we do have someone new with us today. Hello, I'm Joshua Mejia, and Joshua is going to be the person who fills in when I'm not able to be here as radio producer for the show. Mr. Connors. All right. Well, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Clue Gulliger, rest yeah, in peace. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're going to, we did a great interview with him, you know, about two years ago, I guess now, and we're going to replay it next weekend. And you know that we, we have, don't have character actors like Clue Gulliger and uh, LQ Jones, you know, guys who are in like 400 TV shows and 100 films. 
And, uh, of course, one of the things with, with Clue was one of the favorite performances I have with him was in The Killers. Oh, fantastic which, movie. Which had Lee Marvin and Angie Dickens and John Cassavetes. And I think it was Ronald Reagan's last yeah. film performance. And it was yeah. directed by Don Siegel, Dirty Harry, who had directed uh, Ronald Reagan in a film 30, 20 years earlier. So it, a little bit of history in there, too. But we'll be talking to Clue next next week. And if we you want to see the, the dark side, you know, Ronald Reagan playing a dark side type character, it's a very good example for that. You, so you might get a kick out of that. <laughs> All right. Well, see you next week. Same time and places. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for. Because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, they are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.